Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're staying safe and keeping well. And we are back after a week break. Life got really busy last week, so that's why we didn't have a podcast. So apologies for that. But we are back once again to review the action from this weekend's SWPL. And of course, to do that, I'm joined by my good buddy, Campbell Fitness. And Campbell, how are you doing? I'm not bad, Chris. Um, like you say, busy and things, but aye, not too bad at all. Yeah, busy boys, and we're so busy boys that we're going to get straight into it this time round. And we are going to start, um, yeah, we're going to start in SWPL1. We'll also cover SWPL2 as well, but starting in SWPL1. And do you know what? We're, we're going to mix things up a little bit, and we're going to start uh, at Alliance Park, where Leading the Line had a bit of a day out and went to the first Lanarkshire Derby in uh, SWPL history as Motherwell took on Hamilton Ackies. Um, the Motherwell looking for their first victory of the season. Ackies uh, looking to obviously stay above their lunch arrivals, but Campbell, I think we both came into this game thinking it could be quite competitive, but it didn't really pan out that way at all. No, it didn't. I mean, Motherwell were good with it being great, but I don't think they really had to be. Aki's won't play worse than that all season. They were just, they never turned up, simply put. I mean, we were obviously talking before it and kind of pointed out that I think going forward and defensively looking at the, the two teams, Aki's were probably stronger there, but Mother was midfield. I kind of pointed it to you. I think was going to be there where they won the game and the three. I mean, the three players they've got in there, obviously, the Uncrighton, Jellingos, and um, Amy Anderson were, were always going to in control there. And with them just kind of getting their getting that foothold in the game for Mother, things were, were far too easy and a bit of help with the first goal. Um, but from there on, it was very very comfortable and it was a result that I think we really saw coming. I mean, we could have seen it going either way. It was going to always going to be a tight game, but three 0 was. Was a strange one, and um, Aki's will be disappointed because they, they simply didn't turn up. But a very good one for Motherwell finally means they get the first three points on the board they, under the new management as well. Yeah, you've kind of said it all already. I think we both turned up at this one thinking it was going to be going to be a, a tight one. But yeah, you mentioned obviously kind of Motherwell were on the front foot pretty much from the start. Aki's actually had the best chance of the opening stages. Josephine Giard uh, kind of put it through, and um, yeah, she probably would have. Wanted to do a little bit better, not testing the goalkeeper, just nudging it wide. But kind of from that moment on, it kind of felt like Motherwell's game. And then they did get that that penalty earlier on, um, a handball after a shot was popped into the box. Um, it was a penalty. Campbell looked. It was kind of where we were sat, and anybody who was alliance partner was just two stands, and then some weird jaggedy terracing. So um, where we were sat, we couldn't we couldn't see it clearly. But when you saw the angle from the other side in the BBC highlights, um, it was a, it was a penalty, and well dispatched by Leanne Crichton as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Josie GR chance, I think nine times out of ten, she's going to score that and I think she'd back herself. So it was kind of, it was, it was a poor finish and one that she won't really, won't do um, very often. Uh, I mean, the penalty, I'm still going to sit here and claim that I claimed for it. Not, no claim for it at the time, but I said to you, handball. Um, and the fact that Aki's were saying it hit Hannah Cotley in the face looks ridiculous when you then see the replay. But I think she might have got a knock written off as she's fallen over. But I mean, her arms out, it's a handball. And if he's well placed, then. We ain't trying to put it away well. Obviously, we Aki's having Masira Ryan kind of been forced to play in goal, even with an injury. It was, it was never great, and she was unlucky not to get to it. To be fair, but I think when you look at the second goal, it's one that she feels maybe could have done better with. But again, having the injury there kind of played into Motherwell's hands, and was a bit unfortunate for Hamilton. But I think they'd been kind of on top Motherwell, but once they get the first goal, like you say, it was kind of it was easy to go in and control it for there. And in the end, it was a very comfortable win for them, I think, as well. Yeah, you, you mentioned obviously around um, 
in the previous weekend, Chloe Nickerson had to come off after getting injured, and Lauren Evans ended up taking taking the glove as a, a striker playing in goals for the kind of last 20 minutes against Glasgow City. And I think you could see, obviously, Sarah wasn't doing the kickouts for, for Hamilton Ackies on Sunday. Um, and I think you saw with the penalty, I, I was actually surprised as to how um, how close she got to the penalty, given what, what it looked like in terms of her ability to kind of stretch. And I think, as you mentioned, nice bit of play by Laurie Gardner to kind of create the space and to get the shot away early. But I think maybe a fully fit Sarah might have done a little bit better, but not not to take away from Laurie's effort at all. And turn all up at half time, it, it kind of felt like there was only really one way the game was going to go. And I thought the second half was pretty scrappy. It wasn't. There wasn't much in it, but then Motherwell did get a third goal. And Gemma Hughes, uh, a youth prospect from Motherwell, um, I thought was very, what's, it, what's a good word? Tenacious, that's a good word. Um, she she got a kind of bouquinelle earlier on and she kind of, she didn't stop. They kind of being a nuisance up top. And then I thought she took a goal very well. It, she seemed to get by the, the Aki set of defenders, picked the Danny Pagliarulo a little bit too easily. But when she got through, she she finished with a plum, is a good word. I mean, Aki's defending didn't help when I say we have a goalkeeper that's obviously not fully fit. It was never going to be great either, but my constant moaning throughout the game of them passing the ball out for the back, when you you know you're going to be put under pressure, your keeper can't kick it, you've got outfield players to do that, and instead they've got about three or four defenders in the box, and they're just kicking the ball around between each other, and the many times they almost lost it and gave away possession to give Motherwell goal-scoring opportunities it was ridiculous for Hamilton. It's not something you normally see, but the defending was atrocious simply there. I mean, the third goal as well, like you see, Gemma Hughes had, had a couple of chances kind of in the first half that she would be a bit disappointed to not hit the target with. But the goal, I mean, it's it's a good ball through for Laurie Gardner. But again, Danny Pilarulo looks favourite to get it and just seems to let Gemma Hughes run clean through. And it's, it's sloppy defending for someone that experienced that you would think would do better against a, a, kind of a young player like that. But Gemma Hughes got through very well and like the finish was, was fantastic to, to eventually get a goal that I think she deserved them. Um, given her performance and it was certainly one that Motherwell deserved as well and they'll be delighted to get the points there because I don't think they've played overly bad in some games and they've had a few injuries um, it's not been the easiest start to the season for them but it'll be good for them to finally get that kind of monkey off their back and get, get the goals that they needed and it's, um, it was a very good performance to do so as well Yeah, that was I mean that was the second time we'd seen Gemma who's as well I'd saw kind of the 20 minutes of their the 3-2 defeat against Partick this one she, she was playing in that game and she was Played exactly the same way against Partick Thistle as she did against Hamilton Aki. Just kept running. You could see that um, Motherwell were kind of leaning on her to work the defence and that obviously led to the, to the third goal as well. But yeah, a, a big big win for Motherwell obviously gets him um, off, off of zero points. Um, but yeah, for Aki's it was, yeah, I think bad day at the office, I think is probably the, as you said, I think it's start, I think it'll be very surprised to see them play. It just looked kind of off it. Pretty much from the kind of from the start, and they, they just could never get any other kind of ball playing uh, attacking. If it was Hannah Scott, for example, couldn't really get in the ball, and it it just it was just a kind of game that got away from Hamilton on Sunday. It was. I mean, Gary Doctor said pretty similar himself. Obviously, in his, his post-match interview with the BBC, where again it was just the performance levels dropped right down, and it's not something you expect from Mackies. They're normally a side that's, that's kind of well drilled, well organised, and even in games where they're playing against better teams, they're never kind of out of it. I mean, obviously the Rangers game of the week maybe a bit of an exception, but I was really disappointed with them because I turned up in that game and I expected a tight one, um, but I had a feeling they could kind of could cause multiple problems. And other than that chance early on, they didn't really do anything much in the game. I mean. We kind of made the point in the second half that with Tadlatch that looked up to were right to, to that goal they were attacking because Motherwell just were able to control the game down the other end. So it was it was a poor performance from Hamilton, one that was um, was disappointing to see. 
I think some of their earlier performances have shown that they're a better team than that. And they'll bounce back, certainly. I'm sure Gary and Bobby will be able to, be able to get them back to winning ways eventually, but it was it was an afternoon I'm sure they'd, they'd rather forget pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. But good win for Motherwell in the, in the first Lancashire derby. And obviously that takes them on to three points. And the other team that had yet to register a victory this season were Heart of Midlothian. I don't know why I've read it out. It's because it's Heart of Midlothian on the SWPL website, so I've read it out as Heart of Midlothian. It was Hearts. Um, and they travelled up to face Aberdeen at the Balmoral. Um, and, wow, I mean, the highlights for this. We'll, we'll, talk about, like, we'll talk about the game a little bit first of all. So uh, Aberdeen went 2-0 up. Um, first of all, Campbell, Eva Thompson's goal. I'd, I'm loath to say Van Basten-esque because it's not quite that category, but it was a it was a, a brilliant finish on that on the half volley from a from a bouncing ball that made it made a meter on the edge of the well kind of angle of the area. Yeah, I've been goal of the weekend for me. Obviously, you can, I've only just watched the highlights a couple of hours ago before we started recording here. But um, it's a great ball again over the top for Jenna Penman, and it's one where you're thinking, what's she going to do here? Can she pick anyone out? So then just. Just hit it the way she has. It's a fantastic strike, like you say, right across the far top corner. And it's just kind of giving the keeper no chance there. And for Aberdeen, going one 0 up at home with, with that crowd behind them again, where they've had they've had decent supports at the Balmoral this season. Um, and they're a side I think that of play of the league table shows that that they can cause team problem, even with a step up. But um, to get that, and then obviously their second goal that we'll, we'll touch on in a minute, to then throw it away, they were disappointed with. But I mean, that goal was the perfect start for them, and certainly a very good strike as well for Eva Thompson. Yeah, absolutely. And then, as you mentioned, Louise Brown getting a, getting a second just a couple of minutes later. And I think, as as you do when you're watching a game in the SWPL, you have your notifications on to see when the other scores are coming through. I think I kind of nudged you because this game kicked off at the same time as another one. I went, that's 2-0 Aberdeen, that's, that's game over. But, uh, um, yeah, it's, you know... I don't even know how to start with it, with what happened with the, the three Hearts goals. I mean, first of all, full credit to Hearts because Hearts took the chances they were given, but they were given chances first up at, at Emily Burst getting one back just before half time. Ball comes off the crossbar and she's kind of first one to react, but the, everything up until that point feels like it could have been avoided. And then that that would be this case for Hearts next, Hearts equalizer, and then ultimately the winning goal as well. It was. I mean, they deserve a lot of credit, Hearts, first of all, for, for coming back to 2-0 down with what's been a long trip up to Aberdeen as well, um, especially with the way things have gone for them looking early doors this season. But Aberdeen's defending is just criminal. You, you can't be giving teams chances like that. I mean, the first one's your typical SWPL goal where they've always flying kind of high towards goal and you think it's going to go in or something's going to happen here. Um, and it's, I don't know what Gail Gilmer's trying to do, just thinks loses her bearings and then comes out. But the fact that Emily Buss is the only player to have reacted, the Aberdeen defence simply just stood there watching and positioned her header very well into the corner. She done well to keep an eye on it coming back off the bar, but it's simply far too easy. I mean, I don't know what's worse out the second and third goals as well. I mean, the second one, they've got so many opportunities to clear the ball and instead just pretty much set it on a plate for Monica Forsyth, who's got a tap in. And then again, Gail Gilmer, I mean, you don't want to keep pinning the blame on players, but I don't know what she's coming out of her goal like that for the third one for. She got to it fine. And then just. Just get rid of it. Don't start kind of taking your time when you can see there's hearts running towards you. Again, another good finish from Emily Bus, but it's really, really sloppy for Aberdeen. And when you're 2-0 up, 
against a team that you know have struggled in last season and this season so far as well. You should be looking to try and see that out and potentially get more goals there. So to throw that away at home, they'll be really disappointed, and especially in the manner they've given away those goals because it's Gavin Beath and um, Emma Hunter. I'm sure they'll, they'll know that's totally unacceptable goals to be given away. But credit the Hearts, like we say, they've come back really well there. and They've shown a couple of signs um, in recent weeks of some some improvements and they'll be delighted as well, just like, um, like Motherwell were to get the, the first three points of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not, not to point out the deficiencies in the goals from an Aberdeen perspective, because I think anybody watching that would see that and go, they all could have been avoided. And I think it's something that, that they'll be working on this week to try and figure out what, what has caused that. Because for me, watching the highlights back, it, it felt like just kind of concentration lapses kind of across the board. It wasn't, it wasn't like, I don't think, obviously Gail was a keeper, so she kind of is the one that naturally has come out and maybe been part of that. But I think defensively as a whole, they just, they were slow to react and I will be disappointing because I know that's something that they have been trying to work on in terms of like marrying their, their obvious attacking flair with kind of being a bit more stable at the back so it'll be, be disappointing for them but let's focus more on Hearts because it is a fantastic result for them and it does obviously get them off the mark for the season and I think you're right to point out there has been improvements um, they they haven't really been to- kind of taken apart by anybody yet they obviously played Rangers and and we'll see now they've got Glasgow City this coming weekend, which will be a, a challenge in itself, and we'll touch on Glasgow City in a wee second. But that's a really good result. And you could see Eva Olid, who's obviously come in, a bit of an unknown quantity. Nobody knows that much about her, let's be honest. And she's come in and she's got that first result. And when you look at the table, one win and all of a sudden you're back in line with four, three, four, five clubs that are all very much within reach. And this is what is so good about finally after two seasons of kind of not really knowing what's happening in the structure league, to have a relegation battle means that games like this, where results like this happen, they, they matter now, Campbell, and it's going to make for such a much more compelling season over the course of the next few months. It is. I mean, Hearts and Motherwell last season were obviously the two sides at the bottom there who weren't really picking up many points, but knew they could get away with it this season, obviously. Aberdeen have come up, but I've started pretty well up until, until Sunday there. Um, Hamilton and team there, Patrick Thistle again, that are all sitting on the three points. So they're all pretty close, and it is going to be going to be a battle for them there. Um, hearts that you say, can you catch touch to, to me on Sunday yourself? Like, I mean, Hamilton beat them on the opening day where Aki's were given three penalties that day to kind of help them through it. Um, Rangers beat them, but weren't kind of hugely convinced against them. And then obviously, you've said there, you look, you're going to Hibs in midweek, which is also going to be a tough one with Hibs having the big crowd in there at Easter Road. It was, it was never going to be the sort of game that Hearts were kind of thinking it's one we're going to, going to win. So it, was, it, was, it wasn't going to be easy for them. So at 2 0 down, having not picked up any points so far through the season, they would have been thinking, right, oh, could it happen again? But the players deserve so much credit for coming back, staying mentally strong. And yes, they've had a help in hand, but. You've got to be there to take the chances. They've done that, and it's it's an important three points for them. The season claimed quite a few places as well. Again, because they haven't really taken a big beating off teams yet. You look at Motherwell and Aki's both sitting kind of minus twelve goal difference. This or minus nine. Obviously playing Rangers later this week, so it's good from a Hearts point of view that not conceded too many goals. Um, and then getting those points in as well. It's it's going to be it's going to be important then the goal difference towards the end of the season because a lot of these sides are, are so well matched. But a fantastic three points for them and. I mean, Glasgow City is probably not the game you want to have next to go and try and build on it, but at least they'll go into that game with confidence from how they've played them on Sunday there. And we'll see if Hearts can improve on the, the league placing from last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll tell you what, we've looked at the bottom end of the table. Let's switch it up and go to the top end. And probably the game of the day for most people uh, going into the weekend, which was Hibs against Rangers at the Tony Macaroni Arena. Um, this game was live in BBC Alba. 
So we, I, I've kind of seen most of this after coming up the road from the, the Motherwell um, Hamilton game. But it, it was a tight encounter by all accounts. And uh, Rangers get the win through Zoe Nessa goal after, just after half time. But uh, it was a well taken. I don't know what you thought. The, it was a weird goal. It kind of it looked like she maybe shinned it a little bit into the corner and it kind of worked to her advantage. Maybe doing Zoe a bit of a disservice here, to be fair. But um, it was, it, I think it was an important one for Rangers. Obviously, it maintains our 100% record and it gets gets one of the big games under the belt going into some bigger ones to come, potentially. I mean, it, it looked quite a, a fairly evenly matched game. Um, there were chances for both sides in the first half. And I mean, Siobhan Hunter's one as well that touched on it where Hibbs had played pretty well, but it's just that one kind of lapse in concentration there. They've, again, a bit like some of the defending we touched on from Aberdeen earlier on. It's just so static from Hibbs. I mean, it's a good ball out in the box in the first place, but it comes out and Zoe S is always going to score for you. You can't leave her in so much space. And even if her connection with the strike wasn't great, she's been able to take the touch, composed well enough there to put the ball in the corner. And it's a good finish from a Rangers point of view. And we've also got that game in hand coming up midweek that if they can win it, puts them top. Yes, they've no played against. I like to say in Celtic, yeah, they've obviously come up against each other, but a hip side that, again, it had a good start to the season themselves, had the big win with momentum from the crowd and um, last Wednesday night as well. Today, and they went into this one um, in Livingston, they'd have been hoping to go and, and beat Rangers. They were they were close with them again last season when they faced each other. Um, again, they'll just unlucky to come out the wrong side, but it's an important win for Rangers, um, and I think we'll, the chances are they'll be top of the league going at the weekend. But um, again, it's the games against City and Celtic last season that cost them, and they've not yet faced them. To get that one against Hibbertsy is good, but it's ultimately going to come down, I think, for Rangers to, to how they got on in those big games against their, their City rivals as well. And have they improved is, is one thing we'll need to wait and see. But for now, it's, it's a good three points for them. Um, that's what, what's going to be a tough venue um, against Hibs this season. Yeah, I was at the, the midweek game last week against Spartans for the 1-6-1 and they were really impressive. They, they kind of pulled Spartans kind of all over the place and they, yeah, I thought they were really good but I, I was I was very, very close to going to the Tony Macaroni Arena but I thought with lots of eyes on that one we'd, we'd go somewhere else to chat a bit more in depth about one of the other games but for Hibs, it, it, it feels like they have progressed. They do feel like more of a threat. I, I certainly thought in the, the game against Celtic in the previous week they had a much more attacking threat and I think they showed that again against Rangers. But much like towards the back end of last season when they started running the, the teams at the top of the table close, they're falling just short and that must be a, a real frustration for, for Dean Gibson and for, for the players that have been involved in all those games up to this point. Yeah, I mean, Hibs have seen, we've seen improvements and Hibs of some of the signings have brought in are certainly good as well. And they're a team that they're always kind of there and thereabouts in games other than when they got Celtic beat them pretty comfortably in that Friday night game last year. They were never really kind of out of matches a lot when they played some of the bigger sides. And again, they're against the Rangers team that scores plenty of goals. They've kept close with them for, for most of the match. But it's just these momentary lapses in concentration that sometimes come for Hibs. Um, and obviously, Sunday was the perfect example of that, where they've just switched off at one set piece. Gives Rangers that chance and suddenly they get a goal from it. So there's things that Dean Gibbs will look at. I know they can improve on, but... I think overall they'd be fairly satisfied with his side so far. They've made a really good start to the season up until that game. Obviously, losing out late to Celtic as well. A Celtic side that have been banging in the goals. I think they've scored 18 in their league game so far. So to lose that out with a very late goal, obviously, last week was unlucky. And again, they're unlucky here. It's just, just these one kind of one or two moments in games where they just switch off. It's something they look to improve. But if Hibs can, can cut those out, and I'm sure they'll cause the likes of the top three again problems this season. And 
fourth should be uh, very achievable and perhaps even higher for them if they put their minds to it. Yeah, I think as well, before we move on to the, the last two games in SWPL1, I think we need to t- do a bit of a rewind back to last midweek because we haven't recorded the podcast since then. And obviously the, the record crowd at Easter Road, that 5,512, if I remember right off the top of my head, um, has won that game that day. But I think there's there's real positives to take from fact that fact that that crowd turned up for that game. I saw a few people have said, well, the ticket's been given away for free. Well, you, you know, sometimes that's what you need to do to help grow visibility. Um, and the fact that those tickets were given away for free and the, va- the very, very vast majority of those people all turned up for the game on Wednesday night is, is a real positive and it felt like a real a real opportunity to, to build on something for a, for obviously the SWPL season. It sets down a marker for what you hope will be the first of a few marquee games uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, it's good, obviously, that they've got you're getting crowds in like that again you see when it's, it's given away for three it's then a case of are these people going to turn up again um, I think the crowds this season have been relatively poor in a lot of places I think it doesn't help when teams are playing away from their own city I mean Livingston's not too fast men but of course but if Hibs are able to play their games there it maybe attracts more folk it doesn't help when, when the men's game Rangers and Hibs is kicking off just an hour before at Ibrox as well that doesn't really help either side there but I mean, these crowds, it's, you've seen when there's certainly appetite there for these games when it comes to the big stage and um, even the Scotland game we were at the previous week again, I think it was 4,000 at that game there. So, I mean, there's there's appetite there for it. It's just that case of how do you grow it? I mean, I know Hibs have had some some um, kind of initiatives and things coming up. Aki's have got them for this week with their game against Celtic as well. So, I mean, teams are trying their best. It's not easy, of course it's not, but um, it's a start certainly and if people are getting tickets for free, they're enjoying what they see, maybe they're then going to be inclined to go and pay for it the next time. But um, it's not always a guarantee, unfortunately. And it's just the way it seems that there's, there's still a long way to go um, for growing the women's game in Scotland. But it's a start. And um, if Hibs are winning three games 3-0 in front of those crowds as well, then I'm sure plenty of people will want to come back. But um, uh, it's still something that I think teams will have to look at. Yeah, I think, I think this is an important conversation to have because this Sunday was just your regular run-of-the-mill SWPL Sunday. And I, and I say that as, as this is what the meat and potatoes of fixtures, like in terms of the Sunday they got going. And I think we felt the Motherwell-Hamilton-Aki's game, there, I think we we were pushing, potentially pushing three figures, but we weren't, I don't think we were comfortable saying three figures. Uh, and then when I was watching, obviously, the, the Hibs Rangers women game, yeah, Campbell say definitely not, <laughs> the Hibs Rangers women's game, it didn't look like there'd been 5,000, 5,500 people at the previous game. And there is a, the conversation about displacement and the fact that Hibs are now playing in Livingston and whether that's how you embed yourself into the community, something that I'm sure Hibs will lean on next time that, that Easter Road is used as a venue. But they're not the only ones. I know there's issues with ground availability, teams having to play at different grounds. Well, SWPL2 just seems to be getting played everywhere at the moment, given some of the issues they seem to be having and getting, getting ground sorted. But... Yeah, I think it is that week in, week out. And you do mention initiatives, but there's still some teams haven't got season tickets out when people are being championed a bit. For myself, Celtic just released their season ticket last week when we're about four games into the season. But then there are initiatives. I think part of this with Glasgow City, both doing youth season tickets for free. I think there will be more of these marquee games and they are important for raising visibility, but they're no use if it doesn't then lead to more bums in seats on, on the regs on a, on a Sunday or a Wednesday night when games get rearranged inevitably for international fixtures. I think that's that's the key thing about it. And it's all very well 
bringing everything in for this one big event. But if all that dissipates and the Sunday continues as is, then it's going to be harder to grow it. But I think we are both very much aware that everybody involved in women's football is doing the best they can to raise it. I think there could be questions asked about people outside of women's football who then come in to help out for the for the glamour of the big games and then disappear again. But yeah, I think it's just a, a worthwhile conversation to have. Um, but yeah, they are getting better. The second live game, well, now, now we've got that. I feel like we had to talk about that, so we've got that out of the way. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the the second live game on Sunday, which was Celtic against Quartet Thistle um, at Excelsior Stadium. And to be honest with you, the trigger for that was I looked at the crowd at Excelsior Stadium and I thought to myself, that's not a great crowd. And again, we can caveat it that Aberdeen were playing Celtic at the same time and there's that should men's and women's football be played at the same time. It's a completely different thing, different conversation about whether it's two separate games, how do you then activate supports within each when maybe you want to support both. But in terms of the game itself, come to a win for Celtic. Although, Campbell, I think Partick Thistle... Should be a feel a bit hard done by. They didn't get awarded the opener. Um, Sharon McCulloch put the ball in. It was ruled out for offside. But when you look back at the free kick and how it transpired and how a Celtic had to kind of put Sharon McCulloch through, I'm a bit, I'm a bit miffed as to how how that one called off. And it felt like everybody just kind of got on with things. So I don't know if we missed something in the in the highlights or what's happened with it. But uh, yeah, I thought I thought part of this were kind of denied an opener there. So did I. I mean, the referee in that game has, has been uh, Mary Hillsgrown twice this season. And let's just say he wasn't he wasn't paid in a, a way that we were happy giving him the money, given certain performances. And again, I'm not going to sit and slag them, but it's, it's not that far away for the decision. And it's the linesman ultimately that's given it. But the referee can see it. There's there's two Celtic defenders come in, both barge over Patrick Thistle players. I mean, they could easily have been awarded a penalty in the first place. It's a Celtic head that wins it. It's a great finish for Cheryl McCulloch, but it suddenly it's then decided oh, it's, it's offside or it's whatever's given against them. And it's it's poor. I mean, it's clear as day that it should be a goal. Um, and obviously Celtic went on to score six, so there's no guarantee that Partick Thistle taking the lead early on is, is going to change anything. But it certainly makes a difference to this. So if they've got a lead there and think, well, now we've something to hold on to, we've something we can play with, to then suddenly being a goal down at the other end from it's a ball straight through the middle of the defence to, to give Charlie Wellens the opener. But it's sloppy, and I mean, when referees kind of see things that are five yards in front of them, they what chance of teams go It's disappointing, certainly. It's disappointing for Thistle. It was, it was a very good goal as well. It's a great finish from, from Cheryl McCulloch there, so disappointing for them. But um, ultimately, Celtic was said, went up to the end. It's, it's a good finish from Charlie Wellens, and then the second goal, you shouldn't be, I mean, it's a good finish from Captain McGovern, but she should not be getting a free kick around the wall for there the way she has done to put it in its poor positioning of the wall. Um, and suddenly 2-0 down against the Celtic side, like we say, have been free scoring. It makes it so hard to come back. And then you'll say, Charlie Wellens again, we're getting, what, eight goals I think she's got for the season now. Um, to make it 2-0 and then the header for the third again. Some good finishes from Celtic, but this will defend them. It's too easy. They've left them with far too much space. And it's, um, it's a good one for Celtic, of course. It is. It's, it's disappointing, though, from Thistle's point of view. Like we say, that the goal kind of not being given it will have played a part in it but as Brian Graham says they've, they've given everything against um, Glasgow City in midweek and again only losing out 3-1 there was was a good not a good result for them but it was certainly a good effort from them so to put all the effort into that and then have to go and do it again just three days later against a very good Celtic side it was never going to be easy but there'll be positives for them but I think losing six goals they will be disappointed with that 
Yeah, and I mean, to, to go back to the, the goal that was ruled out, the, the thing that they had to their advantage against Glasgow City on the Thursday night when I was there at Peters Hill Park was they did get the first goal and that kind of gave them almost like a base to work off of and it made things very difficult for Glasgow City and they, as they, as they like to do, part this will get right in the faces of the opposition and I think if that goal had, had stood, you maybe would have seen a similar pattern, but as you mentioned, Charlie Wellings, I mean, she, I think she scored two goals that are pretty much identical, uh, running clean through and goal, uh, and, and they kind of put them away. Uh, but she's she's been a very good sign for Celtic. I think I think if uh, when you looked at the kind of SWPL Cup, and obviously that was a bit of a mess for Celtic in terms of games not played and all kinds of things, but I think her goal against uh, Hibs in particular really stood out for me as a, this is a, a striker that can can do the business week in, week out, and to get a hat-trick in, in a game like that was... Yeah, really good in eight goals. You can't you can't really argue with that as a return so far this season at all. No, I mean, she was one player that we correctly picked out for a change is actually going to have a good season. They've scored eight goals already for Celtic, and that's what, eight of the 18, I think, that they've scored. is, is fantastic. It's clearly, obviously, why she's been nominated for, for player of the month that should we'll touch on later on. But um, she's scoring lots of different goals. It's all totally different finishes. I mean, two similar in this game, you see. But again, the third one's a very well-placed header. She's given too much time to do it. But it's... A good finish and the one against Hibs again, they also showed that again in the highlights where she's showed good composure to put it in the top corner, she's scoring goals from everywhere and it was always going to be a worry for Celtic with Sarah Ewan disappearing then to Birmingham um, a Birmingham side to can score in the WSL but um, Celtic are, are clearly reaping the benefits of that now and Charlie Wellens is a player that has come in and really settled in very very quickly and I mean, to get eight goals in your first what, is it, five games of the league campaign you really can't complain with that and it's just a player that's clearly full of confidence and that'll, that'll please for an Alonso as well. It's a very good win for Celtic. Yes, it's against the against this whole team that maybe a wee bit tired but the scoring goals for fun and they're up the top of that table for a reason and I'm sure Celtic will still be there again come the end of the season. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Maria Olaf-Data Gross scored a good fifth goal for Celtic and then Shen Wing Yu getting her first goal who has impressed me in a, in a short burst so far as well but um, yeah, six a win for Celtic, job done for Fran Alonso and, and co. But it is still Glasgow City at the time of recording. We have mentioned obviously Rangers playing part of this midweek, but it is still Glasgow City at the top of the table. Um, and yeah, nine 0 victory over Spartans. I I don't I think expecting Glasgow City to beat Spartans is is fair. I don't think anybody was expecting nine 0 go Campbell. No, um, I mean City beat. Spartans heavily before, but then majority of the games are fairly close. Spartans are a team that we've picked out previously has not conceded many goals, but this season just the things don't seem to have quite clicked for them yet. They're, I know obviously Rangers and then Glasgow City are not the sort of games that you're, you're expecting to go in and keep clean sheets, but to lose 15 goals in a lot of the days is, is something that will really disappoint um, Debbie McCulloch. And going to City, you always want to keep it tight for as long as possible, and instead there they are 2 nothing down inside four minutes, and we know how good Glasgow City are and how good they've been but you can't be giving them goals and again some of them they have done there but they're in their box and it's, it looks comfortable enough to control it get rid of the thing and then City are just the other team that's forcing it they're the one that's wanting to be first to the ball showing that initiative to get there and Spartans made it too easy for them and you're sitting there against a City team who say we know they're going to score goals you can't be gifting them goals and at least three or four of the goals um, from Sunday they would give simply from Spartans so They'll be really disappointed with it. They've kind of they've gotten through what's been a tough week, and it's one they'll want to forget pretty quickly. And obviously, when they're, they're playing against some of the sides kind of in the round on the table, like it is for most of the teams in the league, they're the games that you can really judge them on. So, 
Don't be too critical of them, but losing mine was is certainly not a good look for Spartans, and I'm sure they look to bounce back very, very soon. Yeah, and the Devin McCulloch's post-match with the, the Spartan media team, she, she you could tell she wasn't a happy bunny. And I mean, Debbie, Debbie always kind of tells it how she sees it at the time, so I think that was very clear to see. But a couple of points for Glasgow because we're not going to dwell too much on this. But a couple of a couple of points for Glasgow sitting that game. Haley Lauder back obviously after our issues with a calf, which will be a big bonus for them as well. Um, and Aoife Koval also getting back into kind of regular game time after I think she had a couple of knocks at the start of the season, scoring a couple. But perhaps the kind of biggest squad news for Glasgow City is obviously Janine Van Wyke, who had been kind of absent from the last couple of squads. It kind of struck me particularly in the game against Partick Thistle on the Thursday night because. The players that were out were kind of sit, sit, sit in front of me um, when I was when I was watching the game, and um, that's a big loss for Glasgow City because not necessarily because they don't have players that can play there. Obviously, Jenna Clark and Claire Walsh, two internationals now. Uh, Jenna Clark a debut goal scoring international, but it does mean that they are probably short uh, a centre back option again, and it's something that well, but we need to be remedied quite quickly. And you'd imagine it's something they're probably working on just now. I'm sure City will have someone in mind there. Um, I mean, obviously she left at the end of the season and then didn't look like coming back in, suddenly was back in. And again, every time we talk about Janine, she's an international quality player there that can read the game so, so well. It's always one thing we picked up any time you'd watch her when she played for City. And like you see, they've got players that can fill in. Again, when you're playing teams like you were on Sunday where you're comfortable winning games, it's, it's not going to be too much of a problem. But when they come up against Celtic Rangers and, and Hibs even as well, they're games that they're going to need their defence to be right on form. And again, I think Claire Walsh and Jenna Clark certainly will be able to do that. But when it's only two of them there, kind of injuries and things could force reshuffles again. And City will want to bring someone in. Of course, they will, I'm sure, that having no European football will help them as well, where they can just focus on the league. But a new centre-back will certainly be a priority for them um, in the coming weeks, you would imagine. I mean, Grant Scott's the one there just now. We still don't know how long he's going to be there for. But um, I'm sure someone will, will be able to come in and maybe not maybe not needing a player to come in and be a number one kind of choice centre-back, but certainly an option there. Um, and we'll see, obviously, what City do in the coming weeks on that one. Yeah, but um, I think in terms of a performance, uh, I think that's uh, a very good... I mean, it's pretty hard. You can't really see much about it. Like, no one other than this really good performance, let's let's be fair. Though I, I do enjoy that on the SWPL website, Priscilla Chinchilla's name is Chinchilla, 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 Chinchilla. So um, I, that's quite good. I'm going to have a, I'm going to make a wee note of that for future reference. But yeah, um, nine a win for City keeps them top of the table going into well the midweek game. Rangers are playing part at this at the Rangers training centre on Wednesday night. Uh, Rangers win that; they will maintain a hundred percent record and go top of the table um, ahead of the weekend's fixtures. But let's go from SWPL one to SWPL two. Um, we obviously had games back there, and I I made my way to what I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I found out on Sunday morning, the Tory Glen Regional Football Centre for a bit of indoor SWPL2 football as uh, Queen's Park played host to um, unbeaten Glasgow women. And um, yeah, Glasgow women were on 2-0. And I think that's probably a, a fair result in terms of the, the outcome of the match. I thought the first half was... I mean, I thought the game was a little bit scrappy in general. I think Glasgow women certainly had the better of it. Um, and I think they had a bit better kind of ball control uh, and I thought that kind of showed out in the, their opening goal where they, they kind of hit on the counter. Um, and a, a lovely run by Nyla Murphy uh, freed up lots of space for Carrie Henderson to run into and she kind of run through into, into the goal and, and put the ball uh, into the next pass for Rachel Cadell. And uh, at halftime 1-0, I thought, uh, do you know what, Glasgow women deserved it. Queen's Park couldn't. 
couldn't really get much. I, I think you've mentioned Debbie Potts in the past, Campbell, and she's definitely stood out for me in a kind of an attacking sense uh, for Queen's Park. And the second half, there wasn't really much goal action. There was a few kind of pops from range. And then Queen's Park got awarded a penalty kind of with like a couple of minutes to go. Um, Jill Slowly came in from, come on, it stepped up. And yeah, I went, it went quite high over the bar, I think is, um, is, is fair to say. And almost immediately, um, Glasgow Women got a second goal on the counter. Mary Lyle putting one in to make it 2-0. And it puts Glasgow Women joint top of the table. And I think in a, in a league where sometimes we feel like any result can happen, a 2-0 victory is always is always a good result to have if you're Glasgow Women. Of course, as I mean, I've not seen any of this game. Obviously, we know goals out before recording and things, but from the way you described it on Sunday, I didn't seem to really miss much. Um, indoor football, I don't mind playing it, but I don't know if it's sort of what you're wanting for, for the second tier of, of women's football in the country. And I think other than Rugby Park, they'd obviously look at the venues on Sunday and they're not great places to watch games of football. But um, in terms of what happened on the park, obviously Glasgow, it's a very good win for them. Like you see, unbeaten there, the joint top at the minute. Had that um, had a draw with the United, obviously, last week. that One of the games we missed out on there. To then come back again and get a win against the Queen's Park side too. When I saw them against United, I think you can see that they're, they're still missing something, but they weren't a dreadful team. Really. There's still signs that they've, they've got problems. The players that can cause problems, but it's a good win for Glasgow. And as you say, they're a team that kind of went not sure what to expect. They've got some good players there. They've got a young squad that we know has some quality through it. Um, and then they got that one in the first day against Kilmarnock that we hadn't really expected. And I think that's going to help them. They've kicked on and obviously Queen's missing a penalty right before their second goal will help them. But it's, it's a very good win for Glasgow women. And when they say that keeps them right in touch at the top of the table in the early stages of the season. But a very good win for them. Um, in terms of Queen's obviously still looking to get points on the board there, they'll, they'll, um, they'll be disappointed with that. But it's, it's kind of a new, new thing at the minute, a new regime, sorry, with Barry Rodgers coming in and players still kind of settling. As well, but it's Glasgow win, as you say, they're the team that's got the three points there, and I've still I've not yet seen them, and I'd quite like to see them to see just just what they're about because I haven't been the goals you've seen. I think have been gifted to them in some games. They've, they've had good wins, but they've always been tight games as well. So to win and keep a clean sheet is something that Craig George be pleased with. And we'll see how they go on in, in the coming weeks as well. Yeah, I mean the two the two goals they scored on Sunday were were taken really well in terms of the moves and the build-up and the finishes. Um, I did, uh, I, I thought that um, Sophie McGoldrick was an interesting one to watch. Obviously, was at Queen's Park earlier this season is now at, at Glasgow and she definitely did help give them a bit of a focal point that I think outside the points, Queen's Park kind of lacked a little bit. Holly Mackin did, did a little bit up top, but they didn't, they couldn't really impact the game at all. And uh, there wasn't much for the, the Glasgow women keeper to do, so... Yeah, good result for Glasgow Women. Moves them joint top with Dundee United at the top of the table. But moving from Glasgow Women at the top of the table to Kilmarnock, who have uh, picked up their second win of the season at home to Birmingham Thistle. And Monica Harty has continued her lightning start of the season, uh, picking up a hat-trick. Uh, and what what seemed like at the start, um, Birmingham Thistle obviously went 1-0 up, um, taking the, scoring the opening goal. But Kelly hit back quite quickly. And I think we've mentioned a couple of times, Rugby Park could be somewhere where they will pick up a lot of points this season. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to see a, a proper venue that I've touched on there in Kilmarnock, kind of a bit slow getting started this season. They, obviously, they're, they're playing the two teams unbeaten at the top end of the table there, so to get that win against Stirling was something that they needed. Um, and then they're playing a bottom your side, though, again, who have caused teams problems this season. They've got Sammy Duncan, obviously one of the Player of the Month nominees, who's, who's been scoring goals for them, and 
they've been causing team problems as well. So it's, it's a good win for Kilmarnock. Um, having seen the goals for this again, like an SWPL one, some of the defending is just ridiculous. Um, Monica Harty, to be fair, she's done really well for all three goals to make sure she's the one getting to the ball first and just put them all away. Well, some of them gifted to her, but at the end of the day, you've got to be the one there to put the ball in the net, and she's done that very well. Um, I think the scoreline it's it's maybe flattered by Amira a wee bit at the end. Kelly have, have had plenty of chances that they've not put away, which I think a lot of the time is it's going to be in their story. Um, and then I mean the penalty Boramir get to to make it three two as well. You, it's well outside the box. I don't know how the referee can't see it or any of his, his assistants can't see it. I mean, it's quite clear it's, it's a foul from 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 the goalkeeper certainly, but it's outside the box and. It, We've moaned about the Patrick Thistle goal being wrongly disallowed. We've looked here with Boromir and then they've lost out, but it could have been a goal that if they'd got into and out of the game, Kilmarnock, I think, thinking, well, that's come from a totally wrong decision. So I think probably just as done that Kilmarnock won the game in the end. It's, it's a ridiculous decision that's been given. And as we see, it's it's something that's got to be stamped out. I think I mean, there was all this talk of, you know, the better officials that have been paid for, for to be a better quality, but have they been? I think most teams will probably argue that they haven't. But um, at the end of the day, look, Kilmarnock have won the game. That's the most important thing for them. And to get two wins in a row there, they're the team that has not quite had a break yet. They're obviously travelling up to Perth as well on, on Sunday to play a St. Johnston team. Again, that are struggling to score goals. So they'll look at that as one to get points on the board again. And, and after a difficult start to the season, to go and get a couple of wins in a row is, is something that will definitely be, be a pleasing point for, um, for Andy Gardner and Michael Kilmarnock um, as well. And I think they're a team that they will kick on, as I say, they were kind of ever second favourites for the title. And I'm sure they'll they'll pick up and try and push up that table as soon as possible as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, for Birmingham Thistle, um, I kind of mixed couple of days for Birmingham Thistle because obviously defeat on Sunday. Um, but before we record this podcast today, Stirling University uh, played Birmingham Thistle last week, drew 0-0. Uh, but it seems to be, an occurrence happens a bit too much for my liking in the SWPL. An issue regarding player registration has meant that the game the result has been changed a 3-0 victory to Birmingham Thistle, so they picked up three points where they had two, um, so that's obviously going to help them out. But for Stirling University, that'll be a little bit disappointing because they built on that point last week, Campbell, um, at home to St. Johnson. Another 0-0 draw, fourth 0-0 draw of the season, and that is more than we had in the entirety of the whole of last season combined. Double, actually, what we had in the entirety of the whole of the SWPL season last season. So, I mean, for Stirling University, it, it was good that they were able to build on that, pick up another point. Obviously, St. Johnson following up their, their first victory of the season with a, with a point themselves. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because this is almost like blackout stuff, this Stirling University St. Johnson game. There's not really anything we can really talk too much about. But the one thing we can talk about is that Stirling University obviously bolstered their squad with a number of signings because... University season is now upon us, and I think it's seven or eight that they announced over over the the last kind of week or so. It'll be interesting to see how they settle into SWPL two. It will be. I mean, still have conceded a lot of goals in the last couple of years, so to go have a couple of a couple of nil nil draws in a row, um, a positive for them. Maybe still not scoring. Obviously, it'll be a bit of a worry for them, but we'll see how these new signings come in and what kind of part they play um, in changing that. But St Johnston. Again, for a team like we've said, they've kind of been either an up and down start to the season with obviously kind of only at the last minute really being confirmed to play and then getting that first win last week to look to build on it. I mean, they'll be happy enough with a point, but at the same time, it's one of the games they'd be looking to think, right, we can get three here. So I think both teams will be content with the point, but um, it's interesting to see where they go from here because I think they're, they're two that are certainly going to be kind of in the bottom half of what's obviously a very, very small league, but I think they'll, they'll certainly be in that bottom end. 
In terms of the fixtures coming up for the coming weekend, so obviously it's an international weekend in the men's game, so it means there's no men's fixtures, so why not get along to an SWPL game, if you're listening to this. Um, part of this are home to Hibs in SWPL 1. Uh, Rangers against Aberdeen. Spartans are playing Motherwell. Uh, Hearts, Glasgow City, BBC Sports Scotland game, and it's Hamilton Ackies against Celtic, and Hamilton Ackies have dinosaurs and SWPL football, so um, yeah, if <laughs> which I'm not gonna lie, I popped for that. I thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty funny. But um, yeah, the fact that you can get into an event and get in, get into the Aki's versus Celtic game for free is a kind of out of the box thinking that will will potentially help uh, more fans come into the games. And in SWPL two, we also have some more fixtures, which is Queens Park at home to Stirling University, to Johnson against Kelly, and Birmingham Thistle at home to Dundee United. Uh, which means that Glasgow women are the team obviously sitting out this week with a 17 week. Uh, before we wrap it up, Campbell, you've mentioned that a couple of times. It's player of the month time. And this season, I think we both agree this is an improvement. There's now an SWPL1 and an SWPL2 player of the season as a player of the month, as opposed to what was a, a combined effort before, which made it very difficult to decide. But an SWPL1, the nominations are Charlie Ewing, Charlie Ewing's? No, it's not. Charlie Wellings. Ailey Shore um, and Colette Kavanagh um, I think for me I, I, I talk about Colette Kavanagh a lot about her radar and Ailey Shore just watch Ailey Shore in a game of football if you get an opportunity she's she's a real deal I think I think a couple of years time she'll be really far ahead in the game but I think Charlie Wellings for me is probably the pick in SWPL1 Campbell Yeah I mean like you say three good players and three deserving nominees certainly from, from SWPL1 but I mean Eight goals in five games, can it, it says says said it older than didn't it? Charlie Wellens um, has come in. It, it could have been tough to move to a different league to a, a new side, but she settled really well. It was clearly banging in the goals that we've said, and I think it's certainly the standout nominee. And I'd be very surprised if she's not the the winner come the end of it. Yeah, I mean, te- I'm guessing it's probably five goals in four games because the hat trick won't count. I don't. I actually don't know what cut off points are for player of the month, but. She scored lots of goals and she's she done it in big games. Goals, exactly. So there we go. Uh, and SWPL too, the nominees were uh, Lucy Ronald from Glasgow Women, uh, Rachel Todd from Dundee United and Sammy Duncan from Birmingham Thistle. Uh, I've taken taken your seat on this one, Campbell, having not seen tons of SWPL2 live this season. Um, but I think from what people have spoke to about it, they seem to suggest that Rachel Todd probably a, a good shout for the, the award this month. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Duncan's clearly been been an integral part of her year start and has been scoring goals from them in almost every game this season and you can see why she was nominated there but um, I mean I've seen United a couple of times and Rachel Todd is one again who was one of St Johnston's main players has come in to, to United and has made a really good start and it was obviously kind of involved in some of the goals in their first two games and then their match with Queen's Park where they had four of their more potent players going forward and more of their integral players in the team not being there she kind of had to step up as one of the more experienced ones and, and did that getting um, two goals and assist that day so you can see why she was nominated there and for me I think we probably just edge it ahead of Sammy just for, for her kind of for her, um, for her contri- contribution sorry to United and it's got them up at the top end of the table there but certainly it's one that could be tight because the other two players there as well are obviously they're very good players at this level Lucerano's well, one that they got the move to Hibs he's a player that we're always talking about um, an SWPL2 and let's say Sammy Duncan this season the scoring goals as well so it's good to see that both leagues have got their own nominations now as we're saying that you can kind of you can differentiate between the two certainly like that and it makes a lot more sense but Rachel Todd for me I think is my pick but it wouldn't be surprising um, to see if any, any others particularly Sammy Duncan come out on top of that one as well 
Yeah, so if you want, I'm pretty sure it's open to people to vote on. So if you want to have a vote, go, go visit the SWPL website to do that. Um, just last week, not before we finish up, it's the SWF Championship Cup quarterfinals this weekend as well. Obviously, me and Campbell have had a wee dabble. And I, I think if you are looking for a game and you don't fancy the SWPL for whatever reason, Rossville against Montrose, I think, is definitely one to look out for. Um, it'll be a good good measure to see how good the Montrose side are who have been racking up the goals in the Championship North this season against one of the top teams in a, in a stronger uh, championship south so yeah have a wee look out for that one as well but for now Campbell thank you much as always for coming on buddy Aye, no worries and thank you very much for listening um, stay safe and we will speak again soon <laughs>